Welcome back to the Whatnots Reactor Core number 127 for our Barbenheimer experience. Uh, we're doing something a little different with our spoiler yeah. casts this time uh, and reviewing both Barbie and Oppenheimer at the same time. It just what our experience was like the, yes. the whole time. Yeah, this was uh, such this was a special event. time. Yes, both of us did double features. We did them our own way. It's like, let's really make this a an event report, not just Absolutely. a pair of film reviews. Absolutely. My name is Kyle Springer. I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you? Hello. I'm doing okay. I am recovering because I was out of the house for 12 straight hours yesterday. <laughs> we went to an early Oppenheimer and a later Barbie. There you go. Yeah. So I, I just like, I guess right off the bat, you went to Oppenheimer first and then yes. went to go see. Then went to go see Barbie. I did the opposite on Friday where I went to go see Barbie first and then Oppenheimer in the evening. Um, and I went with my partner uh, and we made a whole day of it. We went yes. to the diner and had a breakfast date. Then we went to go Ooh. see Barbie. Then we went out to Target and the comic book store. And then afterwards, Oppenheimer. Um, nice. And it was a blast. It was so good. Yeah. Um, uh, yesterday but, was such a special day for me. <laughs> I went out with friend good. of the show, Jack, my partner in cinema going. Mm -hmm. uh, some lady at the bar at the movie theater was very impressed when we said we'd been to like we'd been to Oppenheimer and we're going to Barbie. She's like, you guys can go to two movies together in one day. I have five sisters. We can't do that with each other. And I'm like, amazing. I, this is what we do. This is, this is our form of friendship is a lot of cinema going. Exactly. <laughs> I, I saw a bunch of memes going around and one of my favorites was the end of the of the dark night uh, when it's it's Alfred and Batman across the like the <laughs> restaurant. It's like when you were at Oppenheimer and you see someone in the audience for Barbie that was in your showing of Oppenheimer. Right? <laughs> this this was the whole day it's yeah this felt like a holiday i've never felt a day like this and i don't know if i'll feel a day like it again we go to a 10 30 a.m oppenheimer the theater is packed yep i somebody calls my name and i turn around and i am sitting in front of my own brother and a bunch of our other friends <laughs> amazing great no idea we we're going to the same show that's perfect that is amazing. I, I was so wowed. There were so many people in that theater for a 10 a.m. three yeah. hour movie about devastation. And then we had <laughs> a long break in between. We had a Oppenheimer themed lunch at a pizza place called Mellow Mushroom. Like yep. the cloud. No of them. Yep. Then we, we spent some time at the mall. Barbie inspired us to have some good mm -hmm. mall time. Then we go back to the movie theater. We spend some time chilling out in the little bar they have there. And cool. everywhere we went, like we were dressed in all pink. This isn't the outfit I had on yesterday. I felt like my room I'm in is so pink by default. I don't have to do as much pink on my person. But yesterday I had this big, 
we're in, we're in my my pink and blue uh, tropical dad shirt. I'm bringing the energy. There needs to be a little energy here. Absolutely. Uh, I was wearing this big pink, like sort of mid-century vintage cut dress. Jack was all in pink. Jack had like a cute, like very 90s blossom hat on. Uh, That's great. So many, so many themed outfits at the theater. We saw guys in like cut down the middle Harvey Dent Barbenheimer shirts. Yep. Mm -hmm. You go out to lunch, you go to the mall, you see so many other people in pink. Everybody knows what it's for. People will ask you, oh, did you go see Barbie? Have you left Barbie? Like you're like everybody spoke the same language yesterday. It was, Amazing. <laughs> it was remarkable. It's so cool. That never happens with like a Marvel or a Star Wars or any other giant tent pole like this. I, re- I really then, wish stuff like this happened more often. Yes. Because uh, it, it is such an exciting time, right? The only other example I can think of something like this was at the start of the pandemic when a- Animal Crossing was coming out <laughs> on the same day that the sure. new Doom video game was coming out. So it's this like big destructive, like we're going to kill everything. And 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 then they're like, it's animal crossing and cute and all that stuff. And it was the same, same type of stuff. You saw, you saw art with like all of them in this, in the same thing. It was fantastic. This is a repeat of what happened with a previous Christopher Nolan film. When the dark Knight and mama Mia came out in theaters on the same day. Which is a double feature I would love to do now. <laughs> that sounds yeah. fun. I need some theater to resurrect that potential double feature that I could have done in 2008. Exactly. I w- Back in 2008, I had no interest in Mamma Mia. Uh, I still haven't seen it or anything. It's great but fun. It, like, it just like completely went over my head that it was like Dark Knight and Mamma Mia weekend. Uh, but no, it's Barbenheimer weekend yes a call we called it boppenheimer because uh, it's a bop it's a party we thought it sounded more fun we loved our boppenheimer day there you go there you go there there are lots of bops especially in yeah uh, barbie here but yeah i am excited uh to get into both of these movies so excited i even brought ah! my roller skates <laughs> oh my gosh what a perfect little prop Right. Uh, oh. These are my partner's regular skates. For those of you who are only listening to this as a podcast, they are uh, the like regular skates with the break in the front. Uh, they're Chunky. white and pink. Uh, yeah, they're just perfect. great stuff. They are. They're they're pristine. She keeps them so neat. It does look like you she just undid the twisty tie yet. and took the <laughs> took the prop out of the box. I laced them up for this podcast. <laughs> what a service. Right. What love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, she won them a while back at a gift exchange at her job. And we just haven't wow. had the opportunity yet to like go out and use them. Um, Incredible. I, I was like, wouldn't it be great to have that on the podcast? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I, I have that. I also have another prop. Uh, that I, I I thought this was my one chance to a nuclear detonator this up. Uh, yeah, I have a <laughs> nuclear detonator from here <laughs> on the show. Uh, so you guys better rate and review this well uh, or else. Uh, five stars, <laughs> please. No, uh, I have a Leninade. 
for a <laughs> podcast in which I, d- 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 you know, can maybe have some questionable allegiances. I figured this <laughs> lemonade would go out to all of the comrades out there. Uh, so. The Red Scare <laughs> is missing out on this flavor. <laughs> it says, get hammered and sickled. Lemonade. <laughs> A taste worth standing in line for. Uh, it says, what? join the party. Uh, a party in every bottle. And yeah, I don't know. Right. I, there I, were multiple we, types of parties yesterday. Right. I, I've, I found this at a Pops 66. It's a little soda shop uh, near where I live that sells all kinds of little small batch sodas. Uh, from all of the United States and stuff like that. And this one is Leninade. I thought it was like, oh, Barbenheimer. Perfect. Very nice. Very <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's harder Let's to do an is. Oppenheimer accessory. I could have slathered my face in sunscreen like Penny Softy. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, this is interesting. I'm tr- 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 trying to figure out. It tastes like. Almost a le- lemonade mixed with like a, a ginger beer. Like there's there's a small oh. ginger flavor. Fascinating. And with that, I'm t- 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 trying to see if it says anywhere what the actual flavor is. But um, I don't know. It says our, our five year plan. Drink a bottle a day for five years and become a hero of socialist flavor. So... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> That's what I'll be s- sipping on as we can, podcast. Can you imagine Oppenheimer going through all these congressional hearings? And they're like, <laughs> did you drink a Pepsi? You know, America is a Coke nation. We have reports who <laughs> were found at this one party drinking a Pepsi. Right. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, yeah. And again, for those of you who are not watching this on our YouTube channel, uh, I have my lights all like pink and purple. Yes. I'm in a pink shirt with a black dress shirt on top. Uh, Melissa, you already mentioned your out- outfit. You got that beach look, that that Miami I Vice. Do. Pink and blue. Yes. Gr- I live for the look. Miami yeah. Vice aesthetic. That's what I did at the mall is I went to the V stock, which is a movie resale place. And I did buy a Blu-ray of Michael Mann's Miami Vice. Nice. There you go. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. What what one would you let, let me ask you this? How did you feel about watching Oppenheimer first and then Barbie? Because uh, I have I... My, th- my, th- my thoughts of watching Barbie first and then Oppenheimer. And I feel like we should decide what is the best way to watch these. Should you watch Oppenheimer first or Barbie first if you have still not uh gone out there and And, watched it yet and if you're planning on doing these in quick succession i feel like if you're not the sort of person who can do two movies in a day or like two movies in a weekend or a week even go with whatever your heart says if you're not going to get out to the second one for who knows how long but in terms of doing them back to back or like within the same day within the same 12 hour period we determined oppenheimer's gonna be a bummer so we need to start with that one. When you told mm-hmm. me you were starting with Barbie, I said, good luck. In a way that <laughs> sounded very facetious. But I'm like, I don't know how emotionally that's going to play if Oppenheimer is what you end your night with. 
Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think I would have to agree. Uh, I, I love <laughs> both of these movies, but I think if you truly want the best experience, you need something to lighten the mood after Oppenheimer. Mm. Uh, so I say we start with Barbie. Uh, or okay. no, sorry, excuse, excuse me. Uh, start with Oppenheimer. Yes. Uh, do our thoughts on that and then lighten the mood a little bit with Barbie. Mm-hmm. So Oppenheimer, Melissa, what did you think? I got to see this in 70 millimeter film, not oh, on an IMAX, jealous. but on some a very large screen. I don't think it had a name. It was just a very big screen. But you did I see never... the 70 millimeter version, yes. though. Okay. Oh, cool. I, 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 the 70 millimeter, I'd never seen a movie marked as such when I went to see it, except for like special exhibitions at the Science Center. Mm-hmm. I could really tell. I was so happy that this is what I got to pick. I, first off, after they're done with like all the pre rolls and everything, there's like a minute of darkness and silence while they like change over from the digital pre-roll mm-hmm. videos to the film strip and just sitting there in the darkness and silence of the theater a thing you never get to do you're never there for that long even like a, if a movie blacks out or something it was mm-hmm. like this weird little like sensory deprivation zen moment i was happy to start That's the cool. experience with that just to take in the scope of the space we're in i was like second row from the top i i liked that yesterday we wound up in like the top row for barbie also just looking down at these huge theaters filled with people felt Mm -hmm. so special and then the 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 70 millimeter film was so crisp but you could see a little bit of the film artifact on it there would be the occasional like bit of grain or that like squiggle that film always has that's i don't know what causes the squiggle but it's some like the dust yeah constant natural element you could even see the shadow of like, I think it was like angled off and you could see a little bit of like the sprocket holes mm. on the side of the screen. Even that I liked, like it felt so tactile. Yeah. Like I didn't realize, like I took that for granted when I'm like a kid seeing movies that are like films that are on actual film. And it's not like I feel like there's anything missing when I go see a digital film. But for this one event, for this one movie, it's like I love how the 70 millimeter feel feels <laughs> that's awesome yeah i went to go see it in uh, imax but it was Ooh. not the 70 mill like it's not it was not the the true uh, imax mm-hmm. um it was it, it was just our like regular imax header um and yeah the screen was i mean the the screen is ginormous but it's still not as big as your normal imax mm. screen um, but yeah, we were like right in the middle uh, of of everything uh, before the movie even started. We because I I heard the ones who did see it in true uh, IMAX in the 70 millimeter did not get previews like the movie mm. just starts. Um, I sometimes that can happen if there's if there's no previews in the format of the film you're about to watch. Right. They won't yeah. play you trailers that are like non IMAX or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so we we got a bunch of tra- of trailers and we got one for the new Exorcist movie. Yes. And this trailer is horrifying. 
It is it is just ridiculous. And everyone, when the trailer finished, literally everyone in the theater started talking and it was a mix of (laughs) of like both excitement because the 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 exorcist is is one of the greatest horror films of all time but also like a bunch of people like i i heard i I heard someone say why would you show us that (laughs) right like it just (laughs) this whole thing was just horrifying and it was just like no one wants to see this like we're here to have a good time uh, <laughs> at Oppenheimer. Right, yeah. I, we also got that trailer. And something I love about horror movies is that they're never like huge tent poles. So frequently you don't hear about a horror movie that far in advance. Like it's mm-hmm. something like people crave, like they crave salt. And if there's just a horror movie, like you don't need to know go, that yeah. much about it. We'll if somebody's in the mood, out. like they'll just go see it. So like I had no idea this was happening. The trailer starts. It feels like just a conventional possession horror movie until they hit you with the the first couple notes of the tubular bells. This is the surprise I didn't get to have with the the trailer for A Haunting in Venice. I'm happy I had it in another context of surprise. This movie uh, ties into something you do know. Yeah, but just from that alone, like we were instantly like, oh, this is a good crowd to see this movie in because everyone is in the same headspace of just like, what, what, why this this trailer was horrifying. We don't need to watch that. (laughs) So it was a blast. Um, But yeah, man, Oppenheimer itself. Wow. Wow, mm-hmm. that was an incredible movie. Um, it is very long. Um, yes, but I was never bored. I was never. I I I think I recently referred to another movie as like it feels like it almost had a fourth act, right? Like you have the arc and yeah. it ends, and then you have that like one more little hop and skip. This didn't really feel like that to me. I guess there is kind of a division that I could see. You could be like, well, that's the little hop and skip afterwards, but yeah. this instead of it feeling like a like a three act play or anything like that it just it felt like a snowball effect right where they are just building up and building up and building up to this climax and you get the the climax and then the like come down after that is just this like horrific what did we do like this is not good um and yeah, man, just the the performances in this I thought were stellar. Um, I I think it is like it's it's a movie with a lot of conversations, right? Yes. People are talking, they're discussing things. There's not much action in terms of like fist heights. There's really only like <laughs> yeah. one explosion, right? And it is the explosion. Yeah. Um, but it's it like you you would think because of that people would get bored or it wouldn't be as tense as it is mm-hmm. but it just it constantly ramps up the tension and the moment that they they test this bomb out in the desert and i just I, yeah i was glued in the entire time just being like what mm-hmm. is happening this is incredible uh, i loved it mm-hmm. what did you think First off, there's no special effect in this film or any 
greater than just Killian Murphy's eyes. I could not believe those things. <laughs> They're so his, blue. His <laughs> eyes are They're always so, so intense. Yeah. It looks like when you're a kid and you find like a cool rock and you're just entranced by the cool rock. Like looking at his eyes gave me a feeling I have not had since the wonderment of being a child. Right. But the eyes aside, the effects of this movie, the everything leading up to the test explosion and all of the imagery around it, which you see so early in the film, just as part of what Oppenheimer is imagining or dreaming of or dreading Mm -hmm. such complicated feelings about like the physics he is dealing with the wonderment and the fascination and the drive and the dread in everything just the swirls of of particles and stardust and smoke and fire every like close-up like textural shot of that stuff you get throughout the movie looked incredible i love that the most the explosion set piece with how it's silent yeah. while you're watching all of it go down. And then all of the sounds hit you at once. It's such a good use. Amazing. I'm not the most in tuned into like sounds. It's like a, a artistic skill. I have yet to pick up on like really knowing how to pay attention to and to know when sounds are good to know when I am hearing award worthy sound. I don't quite have that grasp of it. This yet. was, by but fault. this one, yes, this, yeah. this I know. Yeah. The, the, the sound design in this movie is just absolutely incredible. Um, even the music in Oppenheimer mm-hmm. was very good. Um, yes, there's a line in the film that I think, kind of it is the one that stood out to me the most and it kind of not tainted is not the right word but it kind of colored my thoughts of the entirety of the film and how like this is why i liked it um i forget who he was talking to but oppenheimer was basically saying like hey once you get into theory and you start discovering like what's out there or or what could possibly be out there you start to see physics in everything and all of these different ways that maybe most people don't think about it or don't realize it um and i think from that moment on it becomes more apparent that all of these like B-roll shots that were getting of the environments of things that people say you pick up on that more from that line. But even beforehand, we get that stuff. He just like hasn't pointed it out yet in the film because the film basically opens up with rain like on. Uh, we, you, we get the start of like the atoms splitting and we see bits of the explosion and the te- and the, the te- te- text that is the like I am become dead, 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 dead yes. destroyer of worlds. And then immediately after that is this scene of a puddle with rain drops mm-hmm. on it. Pretty standard stuff like you yeah. seen it in a million different movies and TV shows. And it's like not until you hear that line that you're like 
it's the bombs like th- these are the like yes. the ripple effects of that and also metaphorically what is oppenheimer thinking about of that is the ripple effects of what did we just unleash here like yeah. that stuff is in is in the film from the get go and i think that's just incredible it's masterful um so yeah, I I absolutely loved this. I knew that I would kind of like this mm. going in. Um and I was I was thinking about it even after words and I was like part of the reason why I knew I would kind of like this is oddly enough why I like the Gundam uh anime stuff so much is that like that's it's exactly what the feeling is supposed to be we just unleashed this weapon this gundam and that's not good (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh and uh there's gonna be some problems like this means that the other people are now gonna have that info and they're gonna figure it out which means we kind of have to keep going with our research like this is not the Mm. end all be all that we thought it would Mm. be um and yeah it is just this like big anti-war like this stuff is not not good uh <laughs> this is bad very bad uh and yeah that that's like i i what well, well, i felt like this movie was too because it's not pro oppenheimer i wouldn't even mm-hmm. really say it's anti oppenheimer either yeah. it's just here's a story of his life and it is kind of this cautionary tale of mm-hmm what did we just unleash um yeah so yeah uh, when we were hanging out at the bar before we went in to see barbie this other woman dressed all in pink at the bar was talking was asking like oh did you guys just see barbie and we're like no we did see oppenheimer earlier and now we're going in to see barbie she's like the movie's not such horrible things just horrible horrible and i'm like yeah the patriarchy I, is horrible too right <laughs> capitalism is horrible too (laughs) i'm like is this lady mad at us is she mad at christopher nolan like what is this being directed at and then she's like i and then she's like i'm not mad at you i i I probably will go see it eventually but like what a what a shit show in american history huh is the movie about that i'm like kinda it's it's the movie I think portrays these scientists as people that are very driven by a project, by an experiment, by learning, by solving a problem. Yeah. And when it comes to the the use of the object, they they're either it's a mix of we just make the thing, it is not our place to decide how it is used. Or when they are advising on, you know, we've got like these cities in in Japan that it could be and then that one guy is like well I did like Kyoto so I'm taking Kyoto off the list like I will spare one city but not any others like yeah they may believe they they are the lesser of two evils like if we don't do this now in the way that we are doing it things could get worse we could get we could lose it's more people the de- 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 devil you know for versus yes. the devil you don't right it is the yes. the the Nazis are trying this mhm like we really don't have a choice but to follow suit and hope that we can get it done faster than them um mm-hmm. and it, it, like i un, i understand that. and like that is i think also what this movie does both really well and also 
I'm not a history buff. I'm not a World War II yes. fanatic. Like, I don't really know all the ins and outs of this stuff. So I don't know exactly how accurate some of this stuff was or what they glossed over. And I didn't realize it. Um, mm. But yeah, like, like that is a conversation I understand. I also know that they touch on stuff like there's scientists who are working on this that are petitioning to like, let's not use this. Mm. Or, or, the, or the way in which we use it is to just say that we have it. We finished yes. it. Yes. Uh, and like publish the scientific results to be like, hey, don't mess with us yeah. here because we, we have or, or, this. Yeah, or just, just detonate it somewhere uh, banal, you know, someplace where there's, there's no casualties just to show. Yeah. No, you see what could come for you if yeah. you don't stop. We this. can make another one if. Yeah. And yes. That's the thing is they 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 touch on all of that stuff, but they also don't go so deep into it that you you feel like you're an expert on. Well, mm. well, here's what was happening. Here's the arguments they were having, like all of that stuff. It's just. It, it the the story feels narratively cohesive in, I think the best way possible that it could be right it just kind of like there's never a dull moment in the story it's always just kind of one thing on to the next thing on to the next thing um but i feel like because of that there's probably things in here that were glossed over right and that's not the full story right after all this mm -hmm. is a movie this is a dramatization yeah. of mm. yeah, stuff in about um, like one man okay. and and in his whole life you know we're yeah. seeing things through a specific person's eyes i i will say that i i did get pretty lost with all of the hearings and all of those interrogations as to exactly what was happening and who everybody was i was hoping yeah. there would be more of the actual building of the bomb like show me the halt and catch fire of it all show me the trial and error and the different skills people have coming together just to work on a project. I like a story about that. Mm -hmm. we, we've spoken often how we love about people building things and doing deals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Um, I, I, I think that it like this is in terms of its time lines, they at least have an artistic difference between the like what's in the present day and what's in the past of like the present day stuff is mostly in black and white until we mm. get to the end um but uh the the present or the the past uh stuff was all of uh, like of him getting the scientists going out to new mexico building it that is all in in color um, so it's it's easy to tell what's what in that regard. But yeah, the movie also doesn't slow down to really explain the ins and outs. And it's kind of just like, well, we hope you can keep up here. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I still never finished Tenet because I started it on <laughs> HBO. And then the next day they took it off HBO and I didn't know. So I never finished it. But even in that. Like, I know that it's just kind of like, oh, it's the same timeline, but backwards. And you just it all loops. Right. Yeah, there's the mm -hmm. whole thing there. Uh, I think that was a lot more complicated than what you get here in this. Um, that 
felt more like a mystery where this felt straightforward the 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 past stuff is building to the tension of creating mm. it and dr- dropping the bomb uh but then the present day stuff is all the aftermath of like how yes. do we actually feel about all of that and mm. even though we don't like even uh I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his name aiden the guy who played han solo um who was uh robert uh, downey Alden jr's Ehrenreich? something like that yeah i think that's that's it he's his character is unnamed in this movie even though he's pretty prominently in this he's 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 credited as like uh like strauss's assistant or like mm. Stra- like and that is stuff that I find fascinating, right, is is just like he's a pretty major role. He he feels kind of like an in character for the audience to be like, OK, who is this Strauss guy? What's he all about? And he seems fine at first. And then as the film goes on, you're like, oh, no, this is the bad guy guy here this is also like someone who had a vendetta against yes oppenheimer um yeah like he's not just not even be the right right word but yeah no he's not just politically paranoid he's like personally paranoid about the single slight that he experienced i think having that to grab onto does help make the all the black and white parts of the movie like a little bit easier to follow also like I was just at 1030 in the morning with no coffee in my system because I had to sit through a three yeah. hour movie like I, I know. And then it, when I saw Barbie, I know there's also stuff I didn't entirely grasp because it's like I've been up End so of long. the day. You're so tired. Right. I yeah. think both of these movies like really will need a rewatch for me at some point. It was a very special experience. But also, I feel like I did not have an entire viewing of either movie yesterday yeah but and, like, i do like that angle that he's just like why did einstein not say hi to me when i said hi to einstein what did oppenheimer say to him i'm gonna tear this man's whole life apart were you were you trying to figure out what they could have said to each other no because i knew that if i just waited it, no. it would tell me i mean I, of course <laughs> of course I, I i'm very sporadic with what mysteries i try and solve and what mysteries i'm like i i can be patient i'll just continue yeah. to sit here as i have been and you will tell me i do know that much yeah i i was not expecting a joke right so i knew <laughs> like it would have been a serious thing that they were talking about but it seemed very short like we didn't the way the film is cut together like you don't when it initially happens it just seems like they're together for like two three seconds and that's kind of it we learn at the end they were together for a couple minutes they had enough time to discuss some 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 stuff uh but in in my head especially on barbenheimer weekend i was like what if you said something like so you have your tickets to barbie yet or or, or like (laughs) some dumb thing like so did you see the game like (laughs) right like that's what they they were talking about instead just like oh no it's some stupid thing but no it's um they're they were actually quite poignant yeah serious yeah quite Mm -hmm. poignant indeed 
I so. I'm going to talk briefly about how stacked this cast is. Holy like until moly. Until he comes in and does the speech at the hearing. I'm like, did this movie cast Oscar winner Rami Malek as guy with clipboard? Because that's his whole function up until that one final speech. He holds right? a clipboard. Right? Yeah. It felt like this movie and Asteroid City were, yes. were like the just like let's just watch this for everyone who's in the cast right um and and it's always just like oh it's that guy oh it's that guy great oh it's right. that guy god oh, great just, wonderful josh hartnett man wow <laughs> right <laughs> i this i watched this movie the day after i watched the finale movie to my beloved venture brothers and it was so special it was like a little message just for me when the Perfect. guy Einstein says two sentences to happens to be James Urbaniak. (laughs) (laughs) It was like this message from the universe, like Venture Brothers is over. James Urbaniak is forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Yeah. I, I, I think this movie was just incredible. Um, Mm. 10 out of 10 for me yeah i i loved it but i i knew that this one of the two would kind of be more my speed um yeah great stuff great Mm -hmm. stuff do you want to switch over to barbie yes let's Let's change our outfits (laughs) outfit change (laughs) barbie movie going sweatshirt sold now at your local target um I so I went to go see this one first. I saw this one in the yes. morning. I think if you go that route and you do Barbie in the morning, it is easier to watch, right? I think even mm. if you're not fully awake yet, the coffee hasn't hit yet, mm. or you yeah. have a large Mountain Dew at ten in the morning, right? right. Or you um, went out to brunch first and you're sleepy from too many pancakes. Exactly. Uh, I think this is a good way to kind of wake you up because it is so bright. It is so mm. pink. It is so just j- relentlessly Barbie. Like there is no word mm. for it outside of that. It is it is Barbie. Mm. Um, like I, I don't want to say that the entire thing is hopeful. I don't want to say the entire thing is optimistic. Um mm. But it is it is just unrelenting in the like in the energy that it brings. Yes, right? <laughs> um, it is. Uh, and it's a good time. It's a it great is, time. It is. It's fun. It's it's fun, but it also fills you with like more existential dread than Oppenheimer somehow. I don't think so. <laughs> But there, that, like that I, is the it, thing. There in is the way that, poignant critique of mm, mm. Barbie and the way it has been talked about in society, the way it's been received and accepted, and then rejected, and then now maybe accepted again, and mm, all mm. of the, that stuff. It has critiques on capitalism, on feminism, on what is the idealized, sexualized woman mm. supposed to look like or be or stuff like that and i i I think i was expecting it to be funny i was expecting it to have a song and dance in there 
I was not expecting it to be as funny as it was, have as poignant critique as it did, be as emotional as it was, Mm -hmm. uh, and also to just have that many musical numbers. There's so (laughs) many musical numbers. This is a musical. And and I really liked the soundtrack to the movie where it feels like every song was written specifically for the movie and specifically for like the scene that it's in. Like yeah. I love the pink number that plays at the beginning and how it sort of narrates What's Barbie waking on up screen, on a good yeah. day and then Barbie waking up on a bad day. That's a real piece of work. I feel like the way Oppenheimer like zoomed in on a single person and his life and, and about things that happened to him outside of the war and outside of the bomb. Like it's not you it's less existential because it's like this is really about this one guy's life. You know, it's about every little thing that happened to him. And you're not as thinking about as many like big picture ideas, whereas Barbie is not a singular person. Barbie, that was just the whole point of the movie. Like she's an idea. She's this like massive, larger than life figure. When you talk about Barbie, you talk about all women and like that sort of sent me into more of a thought spiral than than Oppenheimer did. Yeah, it's kind of this juxtaposition, right? Where Oppenheimer, like you said, is on a single person, but mm. the dread that exists is this like global existential, yeah. just dark cloud, right? Uh, whereas Barbie kind of opens up and is is a about a concept or about all sorts mm. of people and how they fit in all of this stuff. But it is a much more personal, like what can I do or what can I change about the way mm. I, I think, or I believe that will no longer contribute to these, these negative stereotypes or mm. stuff like that. Right. It, it is much more personal in the like, Oh God, uh, what do I need to do? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I left both of these movies saying, okay, I won't do a nuclear bomb and I won't do a patriarchy. Am I good? Like I what said, else am I, I supposed to be doing right or not here. doing? Right. <laughs> Rate and review, five stars right now. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I, I had a blast with this. I We went to go at like 10 in the morning to go check this one out. Uh, our theater was not as full. We mm. were in um it like it was in our regular theaters which has the like big reclining seats that yeah. like can he- heat up they have the little like table tray that comes over so you can set all your food in and the screen is ginormous just for like how small the actual r- r- room is um but there was a, like a, a good handful of people in there in that early screening. And there was a father and daughter over on one side of us. Um, and yeah, you could just hear a number of kids giggling the entire yes. time. You could hear when the jokes went over the kids heads and it was the adult jokes. And you could hear, you know, the fathers laughing and then the children like nervously am i supposed to laugh at that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know what beaching each other off means um right but this i feel like this movie is less concerning to somebody who may want to take a young child on in terms of its its sexuality or its innuendos and more just in terms of big sort of 
existential or societal questions. Like, I feel like if your kid can handle Pixar's soul, like start there and see like how your kid handles that sort of higher level thinking. Use that as your trajectory to decide if your kid's ready for Barbie. This feels more like young teen movie Mm -hmm. than like a a children. I think it it is not a children's movie. Could you take a child to it? Probably. Uh, There is innuendo and and stuff Mm. in there. That's probably going to go over their heads. They're not going to understand the critiques on on the patriarchy and capitalism Mm. and all that stuff. They're just going to see the bright colors, the good time, the songs that like they will enjoy it. They're not going to understand it. Um, Mm. But then if you also don't want your kids asking like what the patriarchy is or or what a gynecologist is, then like, (laughs) (laughs) right, then it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe not when when you're a teen. Right. Mm. Uh, Our audience did have several kids in it and which was fun. It's I don't go to a lot of movies where I get to see kids laughing. I feel like even if I'm seeing something like a Marvel movie where like a a younger audience member could be there, I just happen to not be in the showing when they're there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's, it's nice to have that energy every once in a while of giggling. And the best part is that after in the big like disco dance number, when Barbie's like, do you guys ever think of dying? And then everybody at the party goes silent. One little girl laughs and says, (laughs) dying's funny. (laughs) <laughs> yes that's great <laughs> i understand she's like i understand I, I understand the joke here the juxtaposition of the dark thoughts and the positive vibes i understand i'm exactly five. exactly <laughs> when, when i went to go see the 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 new super mario bros there were kids all over that theater and yeah same kind of thing there's a character in that one who keeps having these like existential dread like we're all gonna die just very nihilistic character like life doesn't mean anything right and and, (laughs) like you see the kid just being like guys like we're all gonna die they don't un- understand understand exactly what the meaning behind it is uh but yeah it's just it, it was nice to have some kids in the mm, yeah. theater with that and just be like this is good this is There's this is pe- fun pe- people of all ages like we saw a yeah. lot of little kids in the theater but we also saw like so many adults like jack and i wanted to take our pictures in like the big barbie toy you know, doll box, box set up yeah. that they have in the lobby. And like this woman who was maybe like 40 and her mom, who was like 70, they're like, oh, we'll Amazing. take your picture, the picture of you two together. If you take a picture of us two together. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so with that, I actually want to t- t- talk to you about one of my favorite scenes in the movie in Barbie. Mm. Uh, so, the, I mean, loose plot is. Something is wrong with the Barbie space time continuum. She has to venture out into the real world to fix it. She needs to find the person that is playing with her, with her doll, and see if she can, like, cheer her up. That is kind of the plot. And she gets into the real world. Ken is along for the ride. 
Ken learns about the patriarchy. Meanwhile, Barbie has to kind of meditate and center herself and kind of hone in on like, who, who is playing with me? Where mm. are they? And there's this wonderful scene where Barbie is basically meditating at the bus stop looking around she hears the sounds of nature birds dogs animals there's people la laughing there's a couple fighting and crying uh there's there's ch there's ch children playing there's parents talking it's just life mm -hmm. and then once she she kind of meditates and gets herself centered she ends up looking over at this woman who's seated next to her, not too far away. And it's this older lady who's just sitting there reading the newspaper, mm -hmm. waiting for the, 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 the waiting for the bus. And Barbie just continues to look at her. And then the old woman looks back and Barbie says, says you are so beautiful. And she's just like, thanks. I know. <laughs> um, I, that was also it, my favorite moment in the movie. One of my favorite moments in film this year that made me yes. so emotional. The way that lady is just, I know that. Just like so yeah, I know. flawlessly confident. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get teary just with you describing it to me again. It's it's an interesting scene because so from what I understand is that Greta Garwig had to fight the, to keep that scene in that the execs wanted to cut that out. I left the theater immediately thinking of that scene. Yes. And understanding both sides of, of that, right? This is absolutely the heart of the film. This mm. is what it's all about. That this here is this woman who has lived a full life. And Barbie, who's supposed to be the idealized, beautiful woman, looking at her and crying mm. and being like, you're beautiful. Um, but also like immediately like the artistic side of me being like, that's probably the scene that didn't fit in with the rest of the movie the most in an interesting way. I can see why that would have been on the cutting room floor for some people. Um, but I, I think it, it needs to be in there. It's so important. And that would like I saw other people on Twitter being like that was the first scene I left and being like, did you guys see that scene? How like yes. amazing like or just like I didn't understand that scene. Like, why was that? in Right. So in interesting. Um, and it, yeah, it, it is a, a great scene. I liked it a lot. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Indeed. Um, what else about Barbie I do you want to? Talk I, about here. I think it's fascinating that Ken adopts like when he goes to Century City and he sees like a cowboy in TV and he sees two like the mounted police officers on horses that he adopts horses as this like symbol of the patriarchy that he's like, this is my brand. We are all about men. We're all about cans. We're all about horses. Ken is a which horse is such girl. A, which is such a like 
banal thing to to do. It's like, yeah, horses. Like everybody kind of likes horses. Majestic, and horses are powerful. kind of for everybody. Like there's an archetype of a horse girl. There's a cowboy is not a horse boy. He's on a horse. The horse is important to him, but like those are different. <laughs> I was kind of wondering if they were going to address, like, if there is horse girl Barbie. He was like, you took the symbol of horses away from me. (laughs) I just think it's funny. I think horses are just a funny animal, and it's never a mistake to include a horse anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think something that really stands out in the Barbie movie for me is the set design uh, in in this. Just otherworldly. uh, absolutely incredible um to to see like my partner had said she had that that camper set the like Mm. barbie camper set uh the like barbie playhouse that she had wasn't the one that they had right there in the neighborhood like they just made giant versions of all these toys and that's really cool like that's fantastic um but like just to see how they can then take that set and then transform it into when Ken takes over and it's now like we believe in the patriarchy. I that first thought that the patriarchy meant horses, but now I know it's about men, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and just the way that they trash it and and like make it into their own thing, I thought was a, a great use of the, that space. It's not like he did a thing where like let's get all the cans and let's leave let's go out into the real world he was like mm-hmm. no let's go back home and redecorate yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and there is the line where barbie's like i don't know where the cans go at night we have our dream houses <laughs> yeah, i don't yeah. know where a can lives like there's a really the interesting <laughs> there's a really interesting push and pull where it's like yeah the whole thing is like barbie and Ken, like Ken is an accessory. Ken is an afterthought. He definitely is second banana. Barbie can stand without Ken, but Ken cannot stand without Barbie. He is not his own entire intrinsic being. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie's like trying to address how like the toxic masculinity, but also how like men is this overbearing presence. But also within the Barbie land itself, like every can sort of is this weird second banana. Like you don't even know where he lives. Like it is right. Yeah. A, a struggle with like down with the patriarchy. But maybe the cans do need something. They need support. <laughs> they need. Yeah. And I therapy. and I like that they, it is about all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Right. And I, I do like that it comes to. Hey, I'm sorry I said you can't hang out. It's girls night. Not every single night needs to be girls night. Maybe we can spend a little bit more time together. Maybe I can be a little bit more considerate of your your feelings. And it's about let's look at one specific man and say, does he have what he needs as an individual? Maybe he's going after the wrong thing because something else is missing. Do you need this? Do you? And it lands on you need your own belief in yourself. Like you became so attached to me that you couldn't see yourself without me and you had to like overpower me and dominate me. Can you just see yourself separate of me? Because I see myself separate of you. Can you learn from me in this regard? Can Ken love himself? Can Ken be a whole being entirely on his own? 
Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I think this is where a lot of people who don't understand feminism and what it is exactly where they get tripped up and they, mm. they think, oh, feminism. So you hate all men and like it's the, it, like you just think down of men. It is all pro women, pro like all, all, all of the, that stuff. And this goes far enough to to say like no like you you still need your own identity like you like mm. you're still you when we want to support that like we want to support the things that you like but also not everything is women's night not everything is boys night like there is a balance in between that it, it is not for, for, for one and so you're against the other it is everyone equal and mm -hmm. I, I yeah there's a lot of people that are being like this movie is so freaking woke and it's so feminism and they hate men and all that and it's like you didn't watch the movie did you you don't understand <laughs> what feminism is do you um which is i guess a recurring pr problem because it's been happening for a long long time but still i digress um yeah it, it just i i like that it it is not an entirely like this movie is for the women, right? Mm. This is a Barbie movie. Th there's so many people out there being like, Kennergy, this is it. Like, this is what we need. I we need Kennergy, right? Um, <laughs> I, you can relate to Ken, you know, on some regard. Just yeah. sort of, just sort of feeling lost or feeling ignored or feeling like you don't have your own identity, which are separate issues than what Barbie is going through. They, they do have these two different journeys uh, that don't, that aren't necessarily yeah. parallels to each other. Right. Yeah. I do. Um, I do like any story that looks at the antagonist or whatever the antagonistic force is like not, I, I destroy you. I defeat you. I write you off. You, you were dead. You were gone, but looks at it. Like, do you need something? Do you have all the resources you need to like make a, a better choice? Is yeah. there something I can give you? Absolutely. Um, I think it, the, the movie also has a lot of good things to say just about the, the idea of Barbie itself, how it was just kind of meant to be a doll that was just kind of plain and you could project anything you wanted on it. And then through the capitalist system that we live in, they kept pushing this idealized female form like this is the ideal woman. She works in a home and she's sexualized and she's this. And and it became this thing that I think a lot of people ended up then rejecting of like, no, you don't want to be Barbie. Mm. Right. Like that's it's, not a good. Yeah, there's good a thing. There's a give and take with her. Like if. Yeah. We want to show Barbie as a woman who can be everything. We're going to yeah. sell Barbie's a doctor. Barbie's a vet. Barbie's a teacher. Barbie's an astronaut. Barbie's a, a race car driver. And on one hand, you can see that there's so many possibilities of things she can be. And on the other hand, you can say, great, so now I have to buy five of those things. Right. Yeah. Uh, or or then like, why do you make all of these dolls be these perfect like th things that is just it, it, uh, like unachievable in the society that we have right now. Mm. Um, 
or, or back then, I should say, and even now. And if you make this stuff, like, why didn't you put any more effort into Midge or Alan? Or why can't Barbie just be regular ass Barbie, right? In sweatpants, eating popcorn, watching a movie, right? Like sometimes there are like I I there's a a YouTube channel I watch called Wicked Makers that make very cool like horror themed props. Like they'll take like the uh Halloween animatronics, the very basic animatronics, like spooky witch you can get at like a Home Depot or whatever. Yeah. And they will make them over. They're like, we can do this better. And they make it, they just use stuff they have in their garage and stuff at the hardware store and stuff at Goodwill. They're like, we made this way scarier and like way more specific. And they did an episode this week where they took a Barbie dream house and they're like, we're going to make this a Barbie nightmare house. Let's see. And they're like, we're custom (laughs) still neat. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that this Barbie dream house that they got at like the Goodwill has like a Barbie that does yoga and she just has like a top knot and like yoga pants in a, a tank top. It's like there are average Barbies and there are astronaut Barbies. Like she she is everything. Of course, mm-hmm. there's a question of like, is the plainest Barbie still more glamorous than than the average woman? Yeah. I, oh, there's it's tricky. And I think the, the movie is a good point with if Barbie was meant to be a representation of a woman, our feelings about her have become as complicated as feelings about women. Like we are putting an yeah. entire gender. Yeah on a oh, a fun plastic toy whose hair you can brush and exactly yeah does she does she deserve that it's just a toy <laughs> at the end of I, the, the, the day right it's just a toy and i think this movie has awakened a, a, a refascination with barbie and me like i had some sure. when i was little i remember getting a maybe not as a full dream house maybe just a a wish house. It wasn't like huge, but it was a pretty good house. I was like six years old and I had a couple dolls. And what fascinated me about it was just the discovery and the exploration and the imagination of the thing. Like with this little house, like I could move a little door where I could like pull open a little cabinet or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how deep does this go down? How many more things can I do? Like I if I keep playing with it, am I going to discover another, another thing that it has another secret, like another, is this, how is this thing going to level up? Like when you're that small, like there is this unlimited sense of possibilities with like a doll and like a a set of clothes and a a house and like a car and stuff like that. You're like, this can be anything. This can grow so much and I can grow so much. And like looking at this now, like I do feel nostalgic and I do, not that I want to like buy a Barbie, but if my mom like found an old one of mine in our basement, I would want to take it home. Maybe the next time I'm at Target, I'll take a walk through the Barbie aisle. Like, what are you guys playing with nowadays? These look cool. Streamer Barbie. Give me Barbie. Give me podcaster Barbie, please. I would love to own her. There you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Indeed. Um, also really strange for me to see i don't remember the actor's name but the guy that plays ravik in marvel oh yes yes kingsley benadir 
yeah very fun just being like the main bad guy in that show and then he's here just being like come on barbie let's go barbie right and just like oh okay whiplash yeah surfboards (laughs) i do love the the distinction that ken is not a lifeguard he's not even a swimmer he just says beach beach. and like beach isn't a profession like what is beach what does beach mean how do you fully (laughs) live up to beach is beach an identity Right. Yeah. I like that picking into less the whole ideological conflicts with Barbie and just something dumb like that. Like all these other ones have a job. What does beach mean in this context? It's just beach. I like that. Mi- I like that Midge, a pregnant doll, is like something as horrifying and questionable as like the entirety of the Cars franchise. And when you look at her, you just have to avert your eyes or scream. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, um I I I had a blast with this. I liked this a lot. I thought there was going to be some other I mean I I well I I don't know if I I thought there was going to be cause like I I felt with the weird I thought with the weird Barbie uh, the one that is like, you need to go to the regular world and figure mm-hmm. it out. I like I feel like a lesser movie would have done like g- g- given her a makeover at the end. Right. Mm, like, oh, yeah. you get to see her, see her beautiful now because they were like, she used to be the most beautiful Barbie there ever was. And so I like. Part of me was expecting this like big reveal at the end yes. to be like, and here is what she looked like at, you know, and uh, we did not get that. And I'm thankful that we didn't get that because I think yeah, that she is looks the, a little different. Yeah, it's that's a good point. That is a nice thing that the of movie the offers. Movie, right. That, like you like can be they, whatever you are. Well, love you are this way because yes. someone played with you. Um, yeah and like they apologize for calling her weird Barbie but it doesn't seem like she doesn't like being called weird Barbie she doesn't seem to have another identity yeah she and she does look different at the end but it seems like it's a style change she did for herself just as our our main stereotypical Barbie can go to her closet and pick out a different suit so can weird Barbie she has many looks I love yeah. the detail. She's constantly in a split because the yep. Barbie's motility is so limited. Like that is the first thing you do is just flip the legs around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think the ending of this, I, I liked the ending. Um, mm-hmm. There was one person I saw that whose opinions on reviews that they do. I usually really, really respect. And they had said something of like, I, wasn't really feeling the ending like i i feel like i'm alone in that but I, it was just not what i expected not really what i wanted um but yeah i i, I liked the end that that barbie could kind of go off and do her own thing and explore life as a regular person um and have her first trip to the gynecologist I, I love that that fake out that you think she's going in to like apply for a job. And it's I, right when she says earlier, when she gets to the real world and those construction workers are harassing her, she's like, I don't have a vagina. <laughs> yeah. none, none of us do. Then now that she has 
Pinocchio wouldn't become a human. She does have one. And that is first order of businesses. I got to get this checked out. Make sure it's working (laughs) right. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, Yeah, I I had a blast with this. I laughed a lot. Teared up at different moments. Um, It was fantastic. So Mm -hmm. quite quite a special day. We have these two big movies that seem so opposite from each other, but they are both big thinkers. There's a lot to chew on with both of them. Lots of existential dread. Barbie has more glimmers of hope than maybe uh, Oppenheimer does. But it's it's cool that these things came out at once. And they were viewed as a pair. They, They were viewed as brother and sister. So many people will see both of them, see both of them on the same day, get excited for both. And it's only been in like the last couple days leading up to the release that there's been any question of which one's better or which one will get more money. Then we will have those answers. But it feels like that's not the point of the weekend. Like the point was not to make these things compete with each other. There will be questions. Anybody who's like an industry Somebody who really follows the movie industry and is a nerd for stuff like this does have a desire to see, regardless of what movies are playing and how they, you know, they don't want everything to fight. But yeah. it is like, what is winning? What are the patterns we're going how to see? How do they perform? Are yeah. either of these going to be in there? I think What's it was pretty clear, though, that Barbie was going to make the yeah. most money. Yes, uh, yes. Just because of its accessibility or availability in terms of like younger kids being able to go see this. Uh, yeah. Whereas- Oppenheimer was Oppenheimer rated R. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, I think yeah, so. It you, had to have been. you see Florence uh, Pugh's boobs. They, they uh, yeah. say fuck a couple times. Yeah, I was going to say all all of Florence Florence's uh, scenes very R rated. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I like just simply because of that. Like it really wasn't going to make yeah. as much There's- money. There's um, also just the mathematics of Oppenheimer's three hours long, Barbie's an hour, 54 minutes. A theater right. can just have more showings of Barbie in a day than it can yes. for Oppenheimer. Yes, but I imagine yeah. Oppenheimer will also have people going to see it in different formats. Like I yeah. saw 70 millimeter. Now I'll see IMAX. And then yeah. Barbie will also have so many different theme parties. You can go to the Alamo Drafthouse for a Barbie sleepover where you're invited to come in your pajamas. Amazing. I I just love that both of these things happened and they happened at the same time. And so many people gravitated to this is like a rare astronomical event. We have to celebrate this. This does not come around often. (laughs) And I don't know when I'm going to get to have a a day like that again. That felt so special. Just the all the beautiful pink energy there in and around that theater. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was ex- explosive. Mm-hmm. It truly was <laughs> good stuff. Uh, well, I think that's kind of all I have to say mm-hmm. on both Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um, it was a blast. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed uh, both the movies as well as our podcast. Um, it was a blast making this. Uh, Melissa, do you have any other kind of final thoughts you want to add on? Good this? to see Rhea Perlman. Nice showcase for Rhea Perlman there in Barbie. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess with that, Melissa, where can the people find you on the interwebs? Uh, I don't update them much, but you can locate me 
on a Twitter and an Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, that I host with my brother for more 90s nostalgia. There you go. Uh, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and on th- on Threads, th- 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 uh, and we are at the Whatnots on Twitter and at the Whatnots official on Threads. Th- uh, so please go like, share, and subscribe. You guys know the deal with all of that. If you're watching this on YouTube, we got some more videos right over there for you all to check out. Uh, But this has been number 127 of the Whatnots Reactor Core. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.